Grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is coming, and from the seven spirits that are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, fellow members of the family of God, what a glorious festival day this is. In the whole of the church calendar, we have no day, no festival Sunday quite like this. All of the great festivals of the church year, like Christmas, Epiphany, Easter, Pentecost, even Reformation Day, are devoted to some great event in the history of our salvation. But this day, Holy Trinity Sunday, concerns itself not with an event, but with a doctrine. Trinity falls at the halfway mark of the church year. It points back to everything that Jesus did for us and for our salvation and emphasizes that it was all the work of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three persons, one divine essence, all worked together to accomplish it. And this one God in three persons was totally in harmony and totally devoted to the work of our salvation. But this festival also points us ahead to all that is emphasized in the second half of the church year. The Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is completely devoted to the work of bringing to us that accomplished salvation through the Word and the sacraments. This very same God who claimed you as His own in the Word and water of baptism, as His name was pronounced over you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, He not only wants to have you as His, but He wants you to have Him as yours. Your God your Lord, your Savior. And our God, the only true God, rules and reigns over all of history to preserve His saving Word in, through, and for us. And then He lives in and with that Word, giving it the the power to create and to preserve faith. And then finally, in His devotion to us and in His burning desire to have all sinners saved from death and hell, then He sees to it that His Word will never perish, not until the end of time when it is no longer needed. Jesus made these points to His disciples the night before He died. He had much to say to them about the unity of the Trinity and God's devotion to our salvation. We heard some of it in our Gospel reading earlier, John 16, verses 12 to 15. But there is much, much more in that entire section, John chapters 14, 15, and 16. We see there how Jesus weaves through these chapters the the devotion of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not just to the, the general fixing of the world's problems, but to your salvation and restoring your loving relationship with your God and Creator. Christ's words to His disciples in John will, will lead you to marvel 
at this doctrine of the Trinity, which to some extent is all we can do with it, since it is a teaching so far beyond rational or or mathematical explanation. The question is common. How? How can three distinct persons be distinct and still be one divine essence? The answer may be surprising. Who cares? How this can be is God's concern, not ours. The doctrine is plain and clear. The what is unfolded for us, not the how. And it is not unfolded for us so that we can break our skulls over something that that only God Himself can understand. No, it is unfolded. It is revealed for us so that we can marvel at it and rejoice in the love and grace of the Holy Trinity. Your God and our God. Just, Just think of it. God, who is beyond all time and space, who is above any human attempt to comprehend Him in His essence, who needs nothing and no one, who is absolutely independent and complete in Himself, who is the author of time and the one who will bring even time to an end, who is everywhere at the same time, who who controls and fully understands the movements of the planets and no less the march of the ants on the forest floor. That God, that God has one overwhelming and overriding concern. Your salvation. What are we, by contrast? We are altogether other than He is. We are flesh and blood, dust and ashes. We are shackled by time and space, hemmed in by the limitations of our little minds, so easily turned aside from our God and His Word. With the attention span of gerbils, we are always finding something other than our salvation to distract us and to consider more important. But does that deter the God of the Bible? Does that deter the Holy Trinity from His saving purpose and work for us? No. He just keeps on keeping on with the preservation of the Word and sacraments. He just keeps on keeping on with His goal of bringing us in the end to the full enjoyment of His presence and to the blessed vision of our Savior in heaven. So take a deep breath today for just a few moments. Drink in as much as you can of this glorious and gracious teaching of the triune God and how He wants nothing more than to be your God. Jesus tells the disciples that the Father has given Him everything. Why? For what purpose? So that He could then give it all to us. But then Jesus tells these men, these men who have been His friends and followers and especially His students for more than three years, that He has more to give them than they can take in at that moment. So, to take in 
what they need to take in, what we need for them to remember and understand so that they can pass it on to us, well, help is needed. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come after Christ's visible departure, His ascension, and the Spirit will give them more and more and more of the saving truth. In other words, Jesus promises His disciples that through Pentecost and the gift of the New Testament, they will be instrumental in passing on all of His truth to the rest of us. And what they pass on is, to put it simply, the message of all that the Holy Trinity has willed and does for our salvation. Does to make us His own so that we might have Him as our own. In the gift of wisdom and power that that will be in the Holy Spirit's work, there, there will be enough to keep the disciples and the rest of us busy until the end of time. They never finished in their lives learning from that Word rejoicing in it, living through it, and living because of it. And, and we, we will never be masters of that word either. For the gifts that come from the Father to Jesus and to us from Jesus through the activity of the Holy Spirit, well, those gifts are so rich that a lifetime of worship, study, and devotion to Scripture will gain us only, only a fraction of the wealth that is there for us. Gracious gift of our God. So then, on this festival day, feast. Feast on these delectable truths of this delicious doctrine of the Holy Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons yet one divine essence. Ponder, treasure, and rejoice in what we confess in the Athanasian Creed. The triune God is our only God, our Creator, our Savior, the ultimate author of the Scriptures, the the God who is devoted to your salvation, the, the One who has made you His own so that He might be forever your God. And as you feast on that most savory truth, join with the church on earth and the church in heaven, singing His praises in that beautiful hymn of St. Paul in Romans, a hymn given by the Holy Spirit Himself for us to sing. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments and how untraceable His ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been His advisor? Or who has first given to God that He will be repaid? From Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Now since today is not just Trinity Sunday, but also Father's Day, a day when most of us cannot help but think about family dynamics, and appreciating the people in our families. Well, there's just one more point we'll make here. One that, that we cannot help but notice when we read those chapters I mentioned, John 14-16, to 16, the, the words of Jesus that are so fitting for this festival day. In those chapters, 
the Father is seen praising the Son and wanting Him to have all the glory. The Son is seen praising the Father and the Holy Spirit and giving them all the glory. The Holy Spirit is seen as having one great joy, that of bringing Jesus to us and us to Jesus so that Jesus will have all the glory. It's a minor point perhaps, but one still worth pondering. And what a pattern. What a pattern for God's children to imitate. What a wonderful marriage it would be if the husband wanted only to please his wife and the wife wanted nothing more than to make her husband happy. What a happy family it would be if the father clearly and consistently showed that all he wanted was what was best for the family. And the children happily and unhesitatingly respected the father and behaved well, both in private and in public, to make him proud. For that matter, what a wonderful congregation any Christian congregation would be if the pastors and leaders never flinched from doing everything possible for the benefit of each and every member, and each and every member just could never quite finish speaking well of and helping their pastors and leaders. What a wonderful neighborhood. What a wonderful school. What a wonderful workplace or club or soccer team or chat group, and so on. How wonderful it would be if the goal of each person's life was to receive the gifts of the Holy Trinity and Word and the sacraments so that he or she, so that you and I could live selflessly to put everyone else first the way the persons of the Holy Trinity do. And they do that all for our benefit. The Father sends His Son for us. The Son gives His life for us. The Spirit works faith in us and makes us holy. The triune God makes sure that every one of our sins is forgiven. Jesus, whom the Father sent, paid for them all on the cross, and the Spirit leads us to trust in that. The triune God gives us eternal life. The Father raises the Son and the Son sends the Spirit so that in trusting in Christ's resurrection, we have the certainty of our own. Through it all, the triune God is at work to restore us to the perfect relationship that we had with Him at creation. The Son's sacrifice removes the offense that separated us from Him. The Holy Spirit calls us to faith and fellowship through the Gospel. And then the Father welcomes us home and calls us His children. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Each loves us and each claims us as His own. But each is also graciously, mercifully, gloriously. Each person is ours because He has chosen us. My Father in heaven, your brother Jesus Christ, and our Holy Spirit, 
We are a family. The family of God. The family of the triune God who is our God. Alleluia. Amen. Please rise. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and might belong to our God forever and ever. Amen.